0: All right, special. I mean, I'm, I'm so fired up for this. We got Rusty Manziel on three, just coming off the uh, the the NIL on three event. Yeah, Let, Let's start there. What what was that like? And first time you guys, Shannon Terry, doing all that, and just, it sounds like
1: you guys knocked it out of the park. You know, for the first time doing something, um, you obviously kind of worry how things are going to go, how's it going to flow, and you know we're we're trying to convince the 35 top players in the country for 2024 who are busy. They're all about to take visits Are getting pulled on. Right. To come spend two days in Nashville and 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 really some people that you don't know, just blown away. Absolutely couldn't. We just, to be honest, we crushed it. But we didn't crush it. We crushed it educating. And we're all in this together. We're all learning NIL, these players and these parents. But – you know, my feedback this morning from, from from my phone from parents were just like, "Thank you." I mean, my son, we needed to hear that. You know, the dads like, "We we don't know either." So yeah, it was it was awesome, man. It was an unbelievable event.
0: And what kind of? Uh, I know you had Kurt Herbstreet. We you had, had Kurt, Libby Dunn, had Libby Dunn, <laughs> Kurt <laughs> um,
1: We had all kind of different you know financial speakers and kind of t- you know some of the slides yesterday. This is how this is how I know Mike that it was a good event kids weren't in their phones mm-hmm. so when they throw up a hundred thousand dollars on a screen and you realize you're only getting 50 of that because of taxes right. before you do anything else mm-hmm. you know and i think kids really see hey this is this is real world you know if, if nil you're going to be an adult right now you're going to start getting adult money you know you got to do adult things so it, with taxes and you know social security and yeah. all those kind of things And i don't think he, these kids knew you know what a, what a w-2 you know? Right. So it was great. It was a fantastic event and the kids were great, you know, very respectful. And what do you think is
0: the the best lesson they learned from from speaking to them, speaking to their families?
1: What's their main takeaway? I think think Shannon Terry, not just because he's, he's my guy, but I think he knocked it out with one quote and it's not, it's, it's play the long game. You know, these decisions NIL should not be the number one factor. No, everybody understands in reality it is a part of the process now period it is a part but you play the long game the 40-year decision you know what i mean like where do you want to live after you get done with college and you know what coach do you trust the most that's going to develop you and make you a better human being Mm -hmm. a father you know those types of things so i really thought shannon started the day yesterday with a great message and i had one of the parents walk up to me yesterday and said you know we've been so focused on nil that we really needed to regroup and understand how much an education is worth, mm-hmm. and I thought that was fantastic.
0: Now, whenever I get someone in here, Rusty, I love to, to talk about their background and, yeah, and they're yeah. coming up because yeah. it's so interesting to me in this business. It seems like everybody's got a different story to tell, sure. and uh, I had no idea. I caught the interview you did with Shannon when, yeah. when you joined on three, yeah. and uh, you were
1: were you working in a metal shop? I worked from 1997 to 2001. I worked in a steel mill. And I'm telling you, Mike, when I honest to God, I tell you, you could walk in places and it would melt the rubber off your feet. Like and I worked six days a week. And, yeah. Um, I remember I would work and we got we go to work at six in the morning. And our first break was at eight. So at eight o'clock, I got the paper out you know buy the paper on the way mm-hmm. and I'm reading all the sports stuff there was you know barely was barely was internet at the time you know Right. couldn't get internet in the building anyway so I'm <laughs> having to read the paper you know get recruiting updates who won last night who's pitching tonight back in the old days you know yeah but um yeah man so every time I every time I need to have to go somewhere like if I got to drive 5 hours to see two kids I'm like man it's going to be a long drive and I think you know what what would 1997 Rusty be doing well he would kill to do what I'm about to do, you know right. what I mean. So I uh, never, I never lose that. And uh, you know, do I work too much? Probably, but I also uh, I live. I got a dream job, and mm-hmm. one thing I've always kind of said, I don't know the difference between a Monday and a Friday. It's not any different for me. Like when I was in the corporate world, man, Friday at one, you're like oh, I'm, I'm alive again. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I'm breathing. Working dude, for the weekend, dude, I'm breathing. You know what I mean? But now. <laughs> Friday at 1 is no different than Monday at 1. It's just I have been way my career, especially the last couple years, the way it's taken off, I just, I mean, that's unbelievable. I've been so blessed.
0: Could you have ever imagined Rusty working as a steel mill
1: to where you are today? You know, I am the co-chairman. How the hell, I don't know, but I am the (laughs) co-chairman of the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame. Like, I put a jacket on Champ Bailey. Herschel Walker, Charlie Ward, yeah, like these dudes last year. I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> this little kid from Lyndale, Georgia. Like, what am I doing? Like, yeah, how yeah. this happened? But uh, man, is just so blessed to to do what I do. And um, you know, I do games on TV. My, my old one of my old English bosses called me and uh, Andrew Kierton, He he's been very influential. He one of the first people that kind of believed in me in a corporate world. Gave okay? me mm-hmm. so I always talk about Andrew and. Uh, he called me one night, you know, probably seven or eight years ago, and he goes, bloody hell, I just saw you on TV, and the police weren't involved. I'm proud of <laughs> you. <laughs> that kind of summed it up. Like, if you had told somebody in 1997, I'm going to be on TV every week, it would probably been like a show of cops. But, like, I'm getting paid to be on TV, like, which is crazy. You right. Know? So, so what gave you, uh, you know, the
0: uh... – the, I don't know strengths the right word but just what made you leave that corporate job to get in this world because we were just talking about it yeah
1: there
0: is there's literally nothing special about me I don't think yeah. I mean I work hard yeah. I put yeah. in the time yeah. but anybody could be doing this and and it's I hear all the time people say man I, I like what you do how do you get into that yeah um
1: Anybody can do it. They just they, they just have to take that plunge, you know? You have to be consistent, and that's what you do. I think that's what your audience knows that every day you're going to show up. You want to do this. Right. You know, everybody can say, "Hey, I want to do your job." What I find is people get into this business and they get real comfortable. Yeah. And they kind of start slacking off and doing those things and and, and obviously with your growth, um yeah, sure, a lot of people can buy everything you got right here and for 6 months do this. But you're in the long run. You're in the long, you know, you're in it for the long haul. Yeah. And uh, with me, you know, I have to kind of reel myself in at times because I can get uh, absorbed with it. And quite honestly, a couple years ago, I had a uh, I mean, I had a power five school, not Georgia. Everybody thinks it's Georgia. I had a power five school offer me everything, complete the general manager of the recruiting department and just like barton huh yeah yeah yeah, i was gonna follow but i actually called barton you know i called barton (laughs) said look we need to talk about you know and um you know i thought about that and i was like you know what man that's probably not the most healthy thing for me because i don't know if i'd ever be able to turn off the switch you know what i mean like recruiting is all day long and i love it you know covering it and following it and meeting the kids and evaluating so um I just made that decision. Look, this, I'm, I'm going to be in this industry. This is what I want to do. I'm flattered. I uh, had an opportunity, but, but um, I just, um, I made the decision and I, and I stay consistent, man. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing. I just, I just stay consistent. And um, that's what separates, I think, some of the people that's been more successful. Right. And- yeah, Shannon Terry. I mean,
0: Perfect example. Perfect example. I, I I go back to that interview you had with him. You, yeah. you talk about relationships. That that's being right. key. That's a lost art. Yep. And I can speak from experience. You've always been kind to me. Yep. Um when when you you had you know, you had nothing to gain yep. for being nice yep. to me. So why is that you know, how do you foster those relationships? Why is that so
1: important to you? Uh you know, I had a person, a um, close friend of mine three or four years ago kind of tell me um, a conversation I'll never forget. It was like, build your, build your brand. And so I never turned down any opportunity. Man, I have I have spoke at middle school softball banquets. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> somehow I just spoke at my, another thing you talk about, like how the hell did I get here? I just spoke at my high school senior graduation. Like I was the guy talking. I was like, what am I doing up here? Like I, I went to the principal's office more than I'm up here trying to talk to these kids. So um, yeah, I think, I think, you just be nice be a good person man yeah. you know, We're we're you know we me and you both cover the business of college sports and fans are crazy as hell and they're passionate that's why we got jobs up <laughs> right i right. tell people all the time look you know people will take shots at me on twitter and all the time and i sometimes you know i just laugh i'm like dude Thank you for even giving a damn because you're the reason I got a job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I love that part of uh, I'm older now and kind of understand. But relationships, it's different, man. And so many young people that get into this thing want to kind of beat your chest. I mean, me, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. What I have found, and Chad Simmons is a perfect example. Chad Simmons is probably the guy in recruiting the last 20 years consistently. Mm-hmm. I get on his ass all the time. Chad, slow down. Quit going to Oregon this week. You don't have to go to Texas for 717. You know, (laughs) he just grinds. But um, your work speaks for itself. And I think with you and your industry, they can see you so much and and see how passionate you are about it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can see people sometimes and go, man, I I just – I don't know if that person's going to make it. You know what I mean? But yeah. So I've always been, I've always tried to be nice. Um, I don't try to be any different. I'm, I'm who I am. I've always been that way. Um, I don't get, I'm around a lot of people. I don't get starstruck. You know, I, we're all human beings, you mm-hmm. know? So I remember a couple of years ago, I got a chance to go to the Masters and got, got lucky, got some tickets. And I got real lucky and got kind of like the VIP tickets. So I walked <laughs> in and literally... The two guys that greet you, like Walmart greeters now, was Lynn Swan and Peyton Manning. And they're like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, What? Again, what the hell am I doing here? Like, what am I doing? You know? And uh, so that, you know, those, they, they're, be, they're being humans. You know, we're all yeah. human beings. Be nice, have fun. It's a great job. And uh, I think that's one of the things. You're one of the few, I mean, I'm not a huge like podcast guy, mm-hmm. but I think what you do so well. is 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 what people are learning to clip things up you clip the best parts you know twitter youtube you know Mm -hmm. shorts i mean now youtube shorts is like nuts so but Mm -hmm. kind of getting off the subject a little bit but i I just try to be nice man try to be nice build relationships and if i can help anybody in any way or give advice you know i i you know i don't try to sugarcoat the advice if somebody calls me i'm like look this is this is what i think you do well and this is what i think you need to work on
0: yeah so well now you got me curious at the masters <laughs> anybody else interesting there Man, that you so, run into? so you
1: can't have a phone no, okay. you can't have a phone they'll pat you down so, you can, so you, it's like 1988 you just have to be in the moment <laughs> yeah so i'm sitting there at just it's this table and uh jared golf's like to the left condoleezza rice is like <laughs> right there i'm like what am I doing, man? Like, how in the hell am I sitting here, you know? But, but dead serious. Like, you walk into this area and you walk behind, you know, it's kind of a little VIP area. And, um, Peyton Manning is literally in his jacket, shaking your hand when you walk in. I'm like, this dude, that's unbelievable. And I'm, you know, I'm an older guy, so I know exactly who Len Swan is, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was crazy, man. They're proud of their, their merchandise there. Let me tell you that. <laughs> wow. So they have not only. Um, uh, you have the master's gear and they have the thing the private place has their own gear really so i was like i gotta get one of these shirts i gotta let everybody know i was there yeah dude. yeah I, I grabbed that polo and it's like 185 i was like no i'll just tell everybody i was here boy and pan 185 for no shirt ever so yeah
0: so you made the big move to on three. Yep. I, I really want to ask you about that because, uh, you know, uh, I've had a lot of people in here from 24 seven sports. Yep. Great you, company. You've been great there company. for a long, long time. But, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know anybody that said a bad word about no, it. And no. Shannon Terry included yeah. I mean, sits yeah. here and props them up on yeah. this program. Absolutely, yeah.
1: So why make the move to on three? Um, and I'll say this before I do anything, 24 seven was a life changer for me. It was a, it's a, it was a great company. It is a great company. Those are good people. Yeah um and when i told them i was leaving uh, they kind of asked why and i think they probably knew that i was one of the targets i was going to go with shannon if the opportunity was right uh, mm-hmm. you know he's my guy he's not only my boss we're friends and uh you know he gave me an opportunity to be an owner so that was that's a game changer you know that that's a Shannon set me down and I'll never forget the conversation. He goes, look, Rusty, you know, you've put in your work, you've done, you've built yourself to this. Uh, I'm going to give you a deal that's going to change your life. And I have potential to, to, you know, way to keep growing for Dogs HQ, which is the on three site, Georgia site, which is un, off to a crazy good start. Yeah. But, you know, for Shannon to give me that opportunity and, you know, he said, I don't give these out. You earned this. So I was happy to hear that from him, and I think when 24-7 heard, look, I'm going to be an owner with with a couple guys and partners in this deal, they understood then. You can't match that. So, but... Have nothing but great things to say about twenty four seven. It was a great time, great company. Um, I still try to kick Josh Payton, Will Fong's ass every day. Uh, but they're, they're they're friends of mine, are great people, man. Great, company. right, right. But yep. now that you're
0: an owner, there's
1: there's different stakes involved, right? Oh yeah, I'm still I trying mean, to kick their ass every day
0: now. <laughs> right. I mean, if what happens, I mean, God forbid, it's it's not going to happen. But yeah. if it, if it goes under, I mean,
1: that that's on you, right? Well, that's with any job, you know what right. I mean. Right. That's with any job, you know. Um, like I said, um, I remember going to work for Shannon. Yeah. the first time in, in in 2010 and I left a very good corporate job. I could have worked at that job the rest of my life and you know you get the 3 weeks vacation every year and you know and it's just that world. I remember sitting in that parking lot that day leaving, going with a wife and three kids at the time like it's on you now. Like you're rolling the dice. Like mm-hmm. I, you know I was all in at that moment and Kind of had that moment that crossroads you know like I'm leaving this building I'm not employed here anymore I'm going to work for a startup website <laughs> like it's go time and yeah, yeah. again it was the best decision I ever made and I think this decision to go with Shannon um, at on three is is going to be a life changer for me and my family.
0: Well, you keep talking about Shannon. What, what's it like to work for him? Because he's another one. I've I've never had. I don't have any relationship with yeah, him. Yeah. He's always been kind to me. Yeah. He's very been su- supportive. He he yeah. doesn't have to do anything for yeah. me. And uh, I mean, I I'm just curious. It
1: seems like he's a hell of a guy to work oh, for. Oh, dude, he's a great guy. And you know, I say we're friends. We are. We don't talk a whole lot because the dude's busy. Yeah. Like last night, we're sitting there. I give you an example. It was about um, six o'clock, and and he's been like he's had to be on like he's got all these people in town and he's in charge i watched him the dude was kind of he was kind of stressed a little bit and i said hey man we're gonna have some drinks tonight he goes rusty i can't you know i got a busy day tomorrow i said shannon when do you not have a busy day and he goes shit you're right i said (laughs) i said you can go home go to bed right now and you're sure going to be busy tomorrow you're gonna be busy the next day i said shannon you wake up every day and you play alabama at night in tuscaloosa Mm-hmm. That's the best way to describe it. like you better buckle up every day. He goes damn right, you know what he did? He went out and had some drinks last night. Yeah, so, there you go so but he but he <laughs> shannon Shannon, the one thing I'll tell you he's probably the smartest business guy I've ever been, but what I admire the most about Shannon is if he's wrong, he's wrong. Mm-hmm. He tries to fix it. you know he's not like he don't beat his chest. If I give him an idea, I know he at least thinks about it. like I've given him two ideas. Probably don't need to say, but I've given him two ideas <laughs> in the probably last six months, and he did both, and he did both, and he was like, "Yep, that's what we're gonna do." Yeah, and uh, so he is—he uh, listens, but he he walks in a room and he absolutely freaking owns it. Like yesterday, I could sense you hear a little cracking in his voice, you know. And and these are these are the top players in the country, a lot of eyes, he's parents, and they're here to hear you speak. Mm-hmm. And by the time he was done man he he had the room we, we were locked in for the rest of the day kind of set the tone but that's kind of who he is and he's a great dude man i mean this guy is i tell people all the time and i've been on his ass i'm like you know he's doing his little his little round table now the on three mm-hmm, round table youtube mm-hmm. that's the interview i said shannon you need to put these on people don't know you man like you're the guy you're the biggest guy in college football recruiting mm-hmm. for since 1995 you're the guy no offense shannon nobody knows who you are put yourself out there and those things have they've blown up you know what yeah. i mean like his personality and things like that so i have to nudge him along every now and then but he he's the greatest son i'm gonna tell you now. he's got a son jack terry yeah and jack he runs is, the social media jack's a stud now i'm telling you yeah. jack um i told i told jack uh, we're sitting there last night i said here's the Here's the future CEO. Jack's like, hell no, don't say that. Don't say that. But he's a stud, man. He's sharp. Man. He gets it from his dad. You know? Yeah. sure. Well, who, whose phone blows up more, do you think? Shannon's or Kirby Smart's? Uh, well, you know what? Being around some th- those guys a little bit, mm-hmm. here's the thing I've learned, and here's what people don't realize. Situa- those two guys' phones go off constantly, and 99% of the time, it's never great news. Mm-hmm. nobody's calling them going, hey, man, Rusty Mansell did great this week in class. <laughs> he made, he had four A's, and his study hall was so good. You know, it's like, hey, Rusty Mansell didn't go to class this week. You know, Shannon get a call, hey, we lost 50 subs last night. You know, somebody wants X amount. It's never – so those two guys uh, kind of parallel have to make that decision at night when you're going to turn your phone off because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be right back the next morning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At some point – Everybody reach. I've had so many people over the years reach out with Shannon's cell phone number, and I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't do that. Yeah. And it's you know, people probably at times he needed to talk to him. I'm like, I, I just can't, man. That's mm-hmm. not, I don't do that. You know, if you DM him and he gives it to you, but I just, I just don't do that because he gets pulled so many different directions. But you start talking about SEC coaches. I've spent some time around Sam Pittman. I mean, it, these guys phones all day long. It is insane the amount of phone calls and text messages they go through
0: yeah and i mean that's part of it i guess you know you get big boy pay, you get big boy problems right exactly but man you are right now in that sweet spot this i mean this is literally has to be the best time ever to be covering georgia (sighs) could you could you have imagined after a title streak going on you know our lives now back to back maybe three for three
1: what, I mean, this this fan base has got to be on cloud nine. I thought about it on the way up here. I don't know why this game in particular, Kirby's first year, 2016, uh-huh. they went to Ole Miss and got ran out of the – I mean, they got yeah. embarrassed. by you. And Georgia didn't even – like, Ole Miss was the better-looking team. They had the better-looking players. Now, Georgia had a few guys, mm-hmm. but Ole Miss just sliced them up. I was thinking – I don't know how this is going to turn out. Like, they got to flip this roster right now. So if you would have told me that night, hey, don't worry about things, because they're about to win back-to-back, yeah. you know, in a couple of years. So uh, I think the roster at Georgia now, when you see them, and I, and I said this um, in January, no offense to TCU, but when I watch TCU walk in media day, I don't gamble. But I got some buddies that do. And I said, let me tell you something. That team ain't beating Georgia. <laughs> yeah. I can promise you that, that quarterback better be a super freak because they don't look like Georgia. Yeah, and it didn't take long. I mean, they covered them up, obviously. Yeah.
0: Well, going back to that first year, because I really wanted to ask you this: Does Georgia are is Georgia Georgia today? If Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, and that group don't decide to come back, and there's there was probably a lot of reason not Dude, to. Struggles year one, Kirby. They, That's a great point. They don't know him. I mean, they know him, but not like the players know him now. I mean, that was the incredible level of buy-in yeah. when all those guys could have
1: went to the NFL. So that that decision of Davin Bellamy, Lorenzo Carter, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, those guys to come back because Kirby's eight and five, and and covering Georgia lost to Vanderbilt, lost covering Georgia. I knew how people were negative recruiting against. Everybody was saying, look, Kirby can recruit. There's no doubt Kirby can recruit. He can't win. He just went eight and five. You know what I mean? And if they don't have those guys, they might be eight and five again. And you never know what happens. Right. You know what I mean? So those guys come back, um, you know, from obviously takes that job, has a great year with that deal. And um, that decision from those guys, um, maybe I can or can't say they're doing a – sony and nick are filming some stuff for a later story and and they asked me to be in it and i went down and met with them a couple months ago and shot some stuff and that was one of the parts i talked about decision of these two guys to come back Mm -hmm. Um, and i remember hearing kirby talk about it he said nick chubb walked in and he said kind of his pit he's like oh god i'm about to lose nick chubb and nick said coach i just lost to georgia tech my last game that's not gonna be my last game I'm not walking off that field. You know what I mean. So, those type of players is what turned this thing and built it. Now, they lose that game, obviously, and that that, that crushed them. But what they did to build and give Kirby's staff, uh, kind of kind of vouchs for them. Now, you know, then they can get the players. They can get, but you can go to the Rose Bowl. You can play in the national championship. So that kind of jump started, I think, Kirby's run here, at Georgia.
0: And now, I think the biggest challenge is just not being complacent. And he talks yeah. about it. We're not going to be hunted. Yeah. And, and he come from the yeah. perfect dynasty yeah. at Alabama to, yeah. to understand how to accomplish that. Uh, but but how challenging do you think that is with everybody coming at Georgia for, for as long as Kirby's
1: going to be there? The dude is like, the dude's seriously messed up. wired different? Like, I, <laughs> I don't know how he finds it in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a podcast on this week and we had Matt Godwin, who was the director of player personnel. He was Kirby side by side now for five, five years. He was Kirby's. First contact. Mm-hmm. He just left to go in the corporate world. We ask him what makes Kirby different. He goes, "Dude, he's nonstop." He goes, "It's not like, you know, some coaches I know are humans and they take a day off." He goes, "This dude, there's no days off. Like if he's somewhere, you he know, with his family, or whatever. He'll tune out for a little while. But at 11 o'clock at night, if he texts you, you better know what's going on. Right? Like with this kid, you better know who's coming tomorrow. Like camps at Georgia today. Uh, I guarantee they had a meeting this morning, and you better know." the 50 kids at your position are there and who he needs to see why he's there. Like he doesn't attention to detail. So like maintaining and, and that, and I don't think complacency is going to be a problem. You know what I mean? I think Kirby, the way he's wired and way he, you know, he's, he's demanding now. So yeah. I don't think he's ever going to allow that. And it doesn't mean they're going to win 20 national championships, but <laughs> I, I have zero hesitation saying there won't be any complacency in that building.
0: Right, and I don't know if you caught this, but uh, just recently, Nolan Smith was on the Chris Long podcast. I hadn't seen. I hadn't seen that. It was pretty good. He was yeah. talking about. Um, I guess they have something. I think they call it Bloody Tuesday. Oh yeah, they get after on Tuesday. Where he basically said, from the first drill till drill fifteen, I mean, it's it's insane, and we're talking, uh, you know, former five star, number one overall yep. prospect, and he's he's saying, I. I Play every unit, play special teams, and it's you know it's good on good, and it's it's hell. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I can I have to imagine that those Tuesdays are incredible more difficult
1: than the games on Saturday. It makes me it makes my back hurt. Thinking about it. You know what I mean? Like I'm already thinking about the copay from like you know how bad that would hurt. You know what I mean? So um physicality, you know physicality, and you know I, I get a lot of people ask me uh, about the leaked locker room, you know pregame mm-hmm. speeches and stuff, and. So, I, I actually got lucky and played around. Good friend, now his good friend, uh, DJ Shockley. Mm-hmm. We were playing golf a couple weeks ago in David Pollack's golf tournament. And Shockley goes, did you hear that last one? It was leaked." I said, yeah, right at the National Championship game. He goes, yeah, that wouldn't from that game. I said, okay. He goes, let me tell you something. The speech he gave before they walked on the field, he goes, I've never heard anything like it. He goes, I was ready to buckle the chin strap. And, and that that type of fire every week, when you can take – five stars Well, you can take Nolan Smith and all these super freaks mm-hmm. and you get them just ready to rumble right before. I mean, that that's little things like that. You know what I mean? That's what, that's kind of what they're, they're kind of dealing with right now. So you got to replace these guys. I've known Nolan's his eighth grade and he's been, he's been a different dude his whole life. Like it's hard to replace one of those in the locker room because Nolan, you were not practicing hard. I don't care who you were. He would get in here. You know what? Yeah. So those are hard to replace. Those now. You know,
0: you lose a guy like Barry Alexander. Yeah. And yeah. Kirby. I mean, Kirby was, you know, wish him well. But it yeah. doesn't seem like they're hitting the panic button. They just yeah. lost two offensive tackles to the NFL. Yeah. That's for ninety-nine percent of college programs. That's. Uh, yeah. Good luck next
1: year. But and it, and it seems them like with two fights, Marius <laughs> Mims, you know, that's but where yeah. George is at right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and, and it's about big people yeah big people look you know you look at Barry alexander and, and the georgia fans you know kind of they got pretty ugly on twitter and i understand you know it's just the way it is and yeah uh he wasn't gonna start this year I and mean, he's gonna play some but they got guys right i mean you kind of gotta wait your time a little bit you know so mm-hmm. um just like nolan smith who you know, i just mentioned jermaine johnson jermaine johnson wasn't playing at georgia he was a first rounder Hmm. 15 months later he was a first rounder. So. Uh, you got to either kind of wait your time or some of these kids are going in the portal. Well, I'm glad you referenced him because was, he he was the last chance you and I you went on, and covered yeah, it, right? That, yeah, man. Can, can was, you
0: share any of that?
1: So that was a wild day, man. So <laughs> I had gotten in communication with him and didn't really know him. I said, Hey, look, uh, I always wanted to come out there. And I said, um, what's the kind of schedule? I said, look, was there any kind of deal with Netflix? Am I going to be in trouble if I'm there? And he goes, let me talk to my coach. I knew he was going to talk to Jason, you know. And so uh I go in, and he DMs me back. And he goes, yeah, when are you going to come? I said, well, let's see if this data works work. And he said, can you call me? I said, yes. Yeah. So I called him. He's like, hey, man, um, I'm about to commit to Georgia. I said, like, when? He's like, when can you come out here? I said, hold on now. Let me look at my calendar. I was like, what about, like, next Monday? He goes, yeah, let's do it. I said, told you told anybody this? He goes, the coach. I said, you told you media? he goes, no. I said, don't. I'll be out there. I'm coming (laughs) out there, so let me get this story. So I fly into Tulsa, and um, I drive up, and i never forget, man. Like, when I landed in Tulsa, it was the last building I saw for, like, two hours. (laughs) I was like, holy moly, man. (laughs) So I I went out there, and it was the second season. So that show had blown up. It Mm -hmm. was huge. And I roll in there, and I I owe Coach Brown a, a big one. And I've told him this many times. I rolled in there, and Netflix did not want me there. They didn't want me filming anything because they own the rights. Right, everything. yeah. So I go back. I call 24-7. I'm like, look, dude, I'm out here, and Netflix has shut me down, basically. Mm-hmm. So Jermaine's like, you talk to Coach Brown. I said, man, it's, I'm not talking to him. Like, I'm not going to ask him for a <laughs> favor and get my ass cussed out, you know? Yeah. So I talked to him for a minute, and he said, he goes, they're going to lunch for about two hours. I said, let me get him. He said, just get him. <laughs> so, so no kidding, man. I uh, owe Coach Brown a big one on that. So, they come in, and I film everything. They came back from lunch early. Oh, man. So, I don't know what discussion <laughs> took place. I don't know what discussion <laughs> took place, but I kid you not, they came in. I, they wanted me to sign some papers. Mm-hmm. I signed some papers, called the office, signed some papers, and they were like, you're good. I was able to run the story that night, but... Coach Brown literally either told them it was going to happen or negotiated for me to be able to do that because he wanted Jermaine to mm-hmm. get the attention, to get he didn't want to wait yeah. you know a year for the content, so it was cool. I wound up being on the show, you know, and I remember, <laughs> I remember, you know, it getting closer the release day. and I was like, God, I hope he didn't go in there and just rip me behind the scenes. <laughs> like, let this, you know, whatever. I was like, God, I hope this guy didn't rip me behind the scenes, and he didn't. He was yeah. super cool. So I, you know, sent him a couple text him and when i had a video that never used about him talking about jermaine Mm -hmm. and i forgot i had him on the phone he goes i said how good is this guy and he goes jermaine johnson's gonna be a first rounder so when he got drafted that night i sent it to to coach brown i said hey here's your gift for helping me and he ran it on twitter that night you know because he he had it like three years ago right so it was really cool man that was cool that was a fun experience yeah Again, what am I doing on on Netflix without the police? I almost got the police called on me, but like, what am I, how did this happen, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm sure you got a million stories like that in the state of Georgia, uh, where that's where you do most of your work. But I I was curious to ask you, who do you think, and this is probably an impossible one to answer because there's so many, but who stands out to you as the best high school prospects that you've ever seen in the
1: state of Georgia? The one, and people probably a course, but uh, he was the first eighth grader I ever wrote about was Trevor Lawrence. Mm. I mean, he was so good, so quick. I was like, this is unbelievable. I mean, he kills me every time I post it, but I got (laughs) a picture of him with a flat top. (laughs) He was six foot one, 170 pounds, eighth grader. And he just—I mean, his dad. We we still Jeremy. We still talk. We still text once a week. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. um, he was the easiest that I've ever seen. Um, one of the most talented, and it didn't work out for him. But I'm telling you, one of the most talented players I've ever seen was Derek Rogers, who went to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was for Dooley, he, right? Yep, yeah, he was tied in with Nash Dance, a the quarterback. They were they were. He lived with him. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of couldn't get it together off the field. You know, kind of kind of a me guy a little bit. But, yeah. I'll tell you when Derek was rolling. I mean, it was it was some Calvin Johnson looking stuff. Like he was a dude now. Oh yeah. Um, you know, going back, one of my Alvin Kamara was was one of the first guys. Ruben Foster probably was the the funnest defensive player to watch because he'd knock you into the middle of next week. I remember we were at a, a high school all star game. Uh, it was called the Rising Seniors. It was the only all- high school all-star game for juniors in the country at the time, so everybody played. Nick Chubb, Sean Watson, uh, Reuben Foster, Jordan Jenkins, everybody played in this. Josh Dobbs. Mm-hmm. Um, this kid was giving Reuben, for whatever reason, would kept jawing at him, you know, like, hey 5 star, hey 5 star. <sighs> Reuben looked at him. He said, hey, man. He said, I'll hit your ass so hard you'll wake up a three-star. <laughs> and, and, and he wouldn't play. And I was like, I mean, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life, man. So, uh, you know, Ruben, Ruben, uh, Ruben sent me a video, and I, I don't even know how I deleted it, man. This is one of the greatest videos ever. He puts on his full Under Armour uniform after the game. It's like 10 o'clock at night at his, at his house. He's got a tree in his front yard. I don't know how big the tree is because it's dark.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's like, hey, Mr. Mansell, and it's kind of grainy. You remember back the videos you used oh, to yeah. share, it's kind of green. He's like, hey, Mr. Mansell, watch this. Oh, he's like, hold my phone. He runs over and hits this tree and breaks it in half <laughs> in his full Under Armour <laughs> All-Star helmet and everything. I'm like, what is <laughs> going on, Ruben?" You know, like he's breaking trees. He's like, I want to show you how bad I am. I said, Ruben, I know you're bad, man, but it was crazy, so. What
0: you know? What's interesting? All those elite, elite prospects from yeah. Georgia—you just referenced, What do they all have in common? What do you mean? None of them went to Georgia. None went to Georgia. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, is that something that has changed under Kirby that you oh, think yeah. has made oh, them 100, 100 who they are now? 100,
1: yeah, 100. percent And uh, you know, the state of Georgia has been a major focus. Yeah. You know, and that's
0: with an emphasis also on on
1: on recruiting the entire country. Yeah. Well, yeah, you look at the guys you think last year, I mean Brock Bowers, California, Darnell Washington, Las Vegas, yeah. Keely Ringo, Seattle, you know, Kendall Milton, you know, California running backs. Uh they still uh, this is what I tell people they recruit inside out. So they, they're in Georgia first. Mm-hmm. And if they can't find what they're looking for, that position you know, like obviously Brock Bowers was their number one tight end. You know what I mean? So I think people get caught up in, in the and that well, if Georgia didn't offer me, he's not good. That state is so damn deep. Yeah, like this, everybody's coming to get players. You don't have to beat Georgia, you don't have to beat Georgia, and still not get great players in the state of Georgia. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's a great. Which yeah, I mean those guys were, and and think about it, you know who the lead recruiter on Alvin Kamara was? Kirby Smart. Really? You know who the lead recruiter on Reuben Foster was? Kirby Smart. You know, so I remember when Kirby Smart came to Cedar Town to recruit Nick Chubb. And those Georgia fans went nuts. They're like, D- you get his ass out of here. <laughs> like, Nick Chubb is not going to Alabama, man. You know, so that, that was when he took an L on, and he wound up that guy not getting Nick Chubb and letting him go to Georgia, or that guy going to Georgia. Yeah. Might have been the best thing ever happened to Kirby Smart. He had no idea at the time. Right. Like, I'm going to get to coach this guy. Like, I need this guy, at Georgia. Yep. Go ahead and go. Go ahead and commit now, you know? So
0: there's probably a book there. You know No what? doubt. And his his father, his famous high school coach. Yeah, how, how much how much does that help him? Do you think?
1: This, you know, I don't think I think football. Uh, Kirby's got an older brother that was like a swimmer, um, sister an athlete. Uh, she's a cheerleading coach in the uh, Metro Atlanta area, and uh, I think more of what I know with his parents, is his ethic, what they, the work ethic. You know, I don't think it's I think football and sports has always been important to him, but I think what his parents. Assaulted earth teachers now. I mean, that's what they are. And um, you know, kinda i kind of mentioned to him, like, man, you got these you got, you know, I guess you got a place in Bahamas now, and you got a lake house. I was like back in the day you were just happy to go play a nine hole course. If your dad dropped you off in five bucks, like you were rolling. You know right, what I mean? Right. Back that so um you kinda look at where he is, but I think his parents not so much he grew up with football, but you know, all his whole family didn't do that. I think the work ethic to his dad, same way with with Mike Bobo, his dad George Bobo, and Mike Bobo and Sonny Smart, Kirby Smart, they're all they were all in that Southeast Georgia, Thomasville, Bainbridge, South corner there. Uh, those two guys obviously are wired football wise, but I think what their parents instilled them, in, like the ethic, the work ethic, and how to just you got to put your nose in the grind and go do it. Mm. I think that's kind of what separates those guys.
0: And he's not been a head coach very long, but he's already got an impressive coaching tree. Being oh, built oh, yeah. Yeah. with uh, Shane Beamer, yeah. Pittman, Belt Mel Tucker, Tucker, Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning. Yep. Uh, but, uh,
1: can you share anything stand out from your t- from when Shane Beamer was down there? You know what uh, Shane Beamer um, was only there for for a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think what what's made Shane Beamer successful is he knows the ins and outs of how somewhere like Georgia works. Like Kirby brought over how Alabama works. You know what I mean? How we're we recruiting these guys? How we're yep. we getting these guys? Kirby brings that over. I think Shane Beamer having to recruit against Georgia and and, and, and knowing those guys and be in different places. The one thing I think that Shane Beamer is doing, especially in this class, is they're trying to change that roster on offense and defensive line. Mm-hmm. You, know, you gotta have big dudes, man. You got to they got a, a quarterback coming back. They got playmakers, but I think what they're doing right now, as a matter of fact, that you know, Many people think Dylan Stewart might be, you know, the top overall prospect in this class, and uh, they're in it for him now. I'm telling you, it's not, it's not just a, not just a, a story like they're they're in it for him, right? And to say that kind of tells you what things are doing right.
0: Yeah, and I'm just so impressed with, uh, you know, his first year they they literally got slaughtered by A and M. Oh yeah, they, it's like they didn't belong on the same mm-hmm. field. Clemson killed them. Tennessee killed them. Well, look last year, and they
1: flip it. They beat all those yeah. teams. Yeah. Well, look last year, how they finished. Mm-hmm. Arkansas ran them out of the building during yeah. the season. Mm-hmm. Like you're thinking, man, it's, it's, if you looked at that team, and I'm telling you they're going to beat Tennessee and Clemson, I'd probably have got a drug test right there. <laughs> you probably would say, Rusty, I need you to go in the bathroom and bring this cup back out. <laughs> yeah. But look, the, it shows you it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. How can you get a team, get the most, and get them together? So I think they did a great job with that. And it's going to be interesting because they're not going to sneak up on anybody. Mm-hmm. Like there, people are gonna know that you got to strap it up, and we'll see. They we got a, got a quarterback coming back, played a lot of games, finished strong. So I'd uh, be interested to see how South Carolina. Were they week three in Athens, three
0: mm-hmm.
1: thirty. CBS. CBS. So that's kind of. Uh, I don't think people expect them to beat Georgia, but can you compete? Can you go into Athens and put on a good show and say, "Hey, look, this we're getting closer. We're trying to close the gap." Mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with that
0: what about Pittman I know we both love that guy but you, uh I mean Arkansas basically what Bielmo was building yep. it basically went under overnight when he got hired sure. by Kirby Smart but uh thankfully for Georgia fans they have sustained it yep. but he has built Arkansas quickly sneaky
1: good sneaky good I'm telling you they had a great off offseason mm-hmm. it doesn't make national news but getting KJ Jefferson back how dangerous he is when he's healthy mm-hmm. um that was a huge deal for them getting him back. So, I know they didn't have a great year last year. I think they've had some great portal additions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just talking to some people in that program, there's there's some quiet confidence that hey, just let everybody talk about everybody else right here. We're, we're just going we're a little Arkansas over here. Yeah, you better watch. I'm telling you now, they, they there's some people out there who think they have got a sneaky good roster, right?
0: And and for the first time ever, well. There's no manageable SEC schedule, but they oh usually God. give him the murderer's Mur- role. Oh, my
1: God. And this year, it's it's not quite as bad yeah. either. Yeah, I mean, we don't have, like, Texas, Georgia, all these schools. <laughs> you know, like, what? who was – I know Pittman probably looked at him and go, what are we do- – who scheduled this? You know, so right. they went to BYU, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so I, I just think when you look at them, and I'll be – I know as you start getting more deep into teams, I, I think – KJ Jefferson and Arkansas are going to be one of those teams that we look back this time next year and go, "Hey, they they were a team."
0: Mm-hmm. And you, know, how surprised were you? Um, I know it's hard to remember back a couple of years, but the first week, it was Sam Pittman's first game, Georgia Arkansas, and
1: it, I, I mean, for a half year, I mean, it it looked like upset special. Well, you think about it, that was kind of the starting of Stetson Bennett. Yeah, because they started uh, it was a Mathis, right? Mathis, yeah. So, uh, I can't believe I forgot that. They they just, they, just, they look terrible. Like, mm-hmm. They look like, in Arkansas, there's like 12 people in the stands. You know what I mean, that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you look at that, and that half, and that was kind of a prelude to Arkansas. It was going to be better right. than we thought. And Georgia was like, they got quarterback issues. And then Stetson Bennett has to come in and uh, kind of salvage that game. And you get back home, and you're thinking, all they're waiting on is JT Daniels. Yeah, and then next thing you know, Stetson Minute never really gave it back. But of course, that was also supposed to be Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman. What What in the world happened there? Is it, yeah. You know, I I don't know a hundred percent. but I just think it probably got some bad advice. Yeah, you know, he he had well, a, certainly. A, he had, well, I know he had, but somebody told him, "Hey, you may not get this job, and if you don't, and you and you sit the bench, you're not getting drafted." Right. Well, guess what? He didn't get drafted. Right. You know so you hate it for the young man but i just think he had a couple of scrimmages i think he got kind of panicked like wait a minute i might not win this job Mm -hmm. i can't sit over here you know and you think about somebody like joe milton who hung around when he didn't get it what was he thinking now he's he's the guy
0: Mm -hmm. now i I really wanted to ask you this too because of that coaching tree and i know you know that program so well who I'm, i'm not trying to push any assistance yeah. out the door but we glenn, know with georgia's success they're, they're going to have more head coaches glenn
1: is glenn schumann is that guy glenn schumann's that guy um and i tell georgia fans this when i ask if you're hiring the right people people are going to leave yeah and kirby is hiring the right people so mm-hmm. glenn schumann basically turning down the eagles was a massive win for kirby smart but eventually he's going to be a head coach yeah and that's the right path i mean that's also a great selling point for Kirby. Like, if you come here and you do good, you're going to be a, a, a head coach probably, most mm-hmm. likely. So, people don't realize, I think Glenn Schumann's like 34, I think. He didn't even play college football. I mean, this guy is an elite recruiter. He's a – sounds to be – I mean, obviously, he's very respected already. X's and O's. Mm-hmm. Kids love him. Um, But he's got the makings of a head coach. But But I think, you know – there's a lot of Kirby in him where Kirby was very calculated on his next move. Yeah. You know, obviously he turned Georgia down probably twice to be the D.C. And and that probably pissed a lot of Georgia fans off. Well, guess what? He he had he a had long game in mind. Mm-hmm. So Glenn Schumann can be very picky on his next move. You know what I mean? So right. people know he calls the defense. It's not – sure, he game plans with champ and Kirby Smart and all that. But it's on him. Mm-hmm. and when when, when the bullets are live he's making the call so uh there's no question there he's an elite recruiter good person kids love him so uh, i think at some point he's gonna be he's gonna be head coach
0: yeah do you any idea i don't know if you can share this or not mm-hmm. but
1: did, did alabama did they try to get him away this off season i i don't know that hundred percent but yeah. I, I would if I had to bet my mortgage i they definitely probably sniffed around so hey, yeah. i mean his wife went to alabama his I think his didn't he go there because he was went Alabama. His wife went to Alabama. I think his in laws are Alabama people. I mean, he's got a lot of ties with that program. So it'll be interesting if and when if he ever were were to go there. But I think he's very can be very calculated. He's he's making one point nine million now. Yeah, I mean he's he's in different tax bracket. (laughs) (laughs) What, What is who is George's main rival right now? Is it Alabama? Uh. I would probably say Alabama. Yeah. yeah. I would probably say Alabama just because of the games and every time they play, something's on the line. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like, hey, they're just going to roll up and play, you know, the fourth game. Like, when they play, somebody's season's over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So So, um, you look at that rivalry and, and those games. I'll tell you this, man, if Georgia plays Ohio State again, this is going to be ramped up because the, the two fan bases after that game and after, the, you know, the, the hit on Harrison, it's been – Mm-hmm. And and they and the thing about it is they recruit the exact same kids. I mean, they're all it's it's Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama are head to head almost on everybody, which is crazy.
0: When we were at Media Days, yeah, yeah, I remember because I had Stetson Bennett ranked low. Yep, a lot of people did. Yep, and you sat down, and you said, yep. "You screwed up on that one I, because well, the good. offense is going to be yes awesome people sleeping." And they were they were. Yep. I mean, Tennessee was good, but yep. Georgia was. Slight, just a notch below them. Yep. So what? What's what? Can you share about this year's team? What do you think? I mean, is it just going to be like a brick wall defense, or what's what's going on?
1: Their their offensive line, yeah, is really good. It's really good. Here's what I say: the, the I think Carson Beck is primed for a really good year, mm-hmm. but I'll be cautious with that because you got to see you got to see nobody on that team has played what I call meaningful minutes. Yeah. Nobody has taken. Nobody has started on that Monday that they're about to play South Carolina, and you have to deal with that the whole week. All the pressure, mm-hmm. the big time SEC game, everybody in the country. Nobody's had to feel that because Stetson took all that the last two years. Mm-hmm. So with Carson Beck, I think he's going to be the guy. I think he's going to hold on to the job. Uh, and everybody I talked to is like, this guy has gotten. So, I mean, he's gotten a cannon. I mean, he has gotten so much better. He's so much focused. But the thing about Georgia is it starts up front, man. I mean, Cedric Van Pran, Tate Rallage, Amarius Mims, Xavier Trust, those are one percentile human beings. They're all 6'7", <laughs> 330, and they're mall. Like Cedric Van Pran is the best center in college football. Mm-hmm. He's smart. He can make calls. Tate Rallage has played in, seems so like 300 games. Amarius Mims, if he were to walk in here right now, you would not believe what he looks like in person he's 320 he looks 250 i mean he's a one percentile guy you know what i mean so yeah um now i will say this as we sit here next year they're going to have to replace those guys but when i sit back and think of georgia they're going to be always be good on defense but for me it starts up front their offensive line will absolutely maul you
0: and one guy we haven't even referenced, he may have been the best offensive player since the moment he arrived on campus, Brock
1: Bowers. He is, he is the best player on the team. I mean, is yeah. he – could he win the Heisman, do you think, this year? He's not going to win the Heisman. I would have a hard time. Yeah. Here's the problem with Georgia, and they're going to get killed in SEC media days, and you know this, the Oklahoma game getting taken away, yeah. their schedule's is bad. Mm-hmm. It's bad, you know, and um, when you look at that um, – I don't know if he's gonna have enough big games. Yeah. Till if they make it the playoff, all the voting will be done. Right. You know what I mean? So uh I I think when you look at Bowers
0: And they'd probably have to force feed him and that's not that's not George's way.
1: No, man, he he's he listen, he don't have to play another snap. Everett Jordan, he's a top ten pick. Right. He's not wired like that. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna go out and give it his all, but he's gonna have attention and um Everybody's gonna know. the Focus on him. So how does that make the receivers around him get more touches? Oscar Delp's the next guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you a little insight. Lawson Lucky as a true freshman, that is, a, he's gonna be a dude now at tight mm-hmm. end. So that tight end room is gonna be stacked again. Uh, I just think Brock Bowers is he's elite. And they tell me when I ask about him, the coaches kind of laugh because they take his GPS readings every day, and it's never this way every single rep for him is like this he never takes a snap off in practice and that's why that guy's different
0: mm. Wait, you reference the schedule yeah the only issue there i mean complacency has not been an issue for yeah. kirby but yeah. they have to be hearing that you're a 20 point favorite in every damn game you yeah. play yeah. and it it kind of i don't want to compare them to ohio state yeah the year they won the championship, and they brought everyone back, and they, it was they were locked to win it all. Mm-hmm. They lost one game. They got upset one time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. because of the weak yeah.
1: schedule, yeah. that kept them out. Sure. I, well, that, that's 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 probably Georgia's biggest issue, right? Yeah, and, and uh, you know, people remember all the the games that they look like the national champs. They don't always look like the national champs. I mean, Kent State gave them fits last year. Yeah, and, you know, Mizzou. and, and Missouri didn't play great there at all. You know, and um, you know, Mississippi State was not a great. You know, but. So I think that's going to be Kirby's challenge because I don't care what he says and I don't care what Nolan Smith says. Nobody's predicting them to go 7-5. and five. Nobody in the galaxy predicts them to go 7-5. and five. <laughs> Maybe Nolan Smith's like cousin made up something. Nobody predicted George to go 7-5. and five. So but it's going to be every week they're going to hear about, hey, you're going to beat Tennessee Martin by 60. You're going to beat Ball State by 50. And listen, they're 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds. They know that that team is outmanned. Yeah, so how can you play, and how can you get ready for South Carolina? Because I'm telling you, man, I don't want to get too far ahead, but that Knoxville game, mm-hmm. late in November, yeah. toward the Tennessee, whew, that's gonna be a game.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, can't wait for that
1: one. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, any early um, buzz on Dominic Lovett, Ra Ra Thomas? I Dominic
1: mean, Lovett has definitely
0: two of the best players in the SEC last year. Just I think they were they were not in offenses that that
1: yeah could I showcase mean, that. Yeah, you know? I think Dominic Lovett is going to be an instant instant impact everybody i talked to said this guy's a weapon mm-hmm. and i think that's what georgia wanted to have another guy kind of like lab mcconkey who's tough like i call it that short area suddenness like they can they can make you whiff you got to win one-on-ones mm-hmm. and they can make you whiff in coverage in a small area and i think dominic Lovett's a guy that's really going to take out now Ra thomas you know it took him a little bit to kind of adjust how georgia practices now yeah i mean it's this this. A little different from where he came from, right. so doesn't doesn't mean this guy's not going to be a a, a a contributor this year. He's going to play, yeah. But if you are asking between the two, I think Dominic Love is going to be the guy that's going to get the early buzz, and if he stays healthy, like he's going to be a he's going to be a major weapon for them.
0: And I am pretty sure he got hurt against Georgia last year. Yep. Yep. Had he not gotten hurt, maybe nope. they maybe they beat
1: Georgia, no you know, because he I mean, was that good, dude. You know, the Georgia's probably sitting there going, "Man, if we can get that dude, <laughs> yeah. we got to get that guy," you know. <laughs> They had film on him. I can assure you that they knew what they knew what he could do against us. So, uh, but Dominic Lovett, I think, is a guy that's really, really gonna, um, really gonna be like day one. Like he's in he's in the rotation right now. Raury Thomas is gonna be there too. Yeah, he's had to adjust a little bit. And Kirby, Kirby, don't sugarcoat it. To practice, he don't care who you are. The, the stars go out the window with him. Yeah, you know, for real quick. All
0: right, last thing for you, Rusty. Really yeah. appreciate all yeah. your time. Yeah, Georgia or the field. If you were a betting man to win the national championship third in a row, that's, it's so that's hard crazy. Do, it's so hard to do that. Wh- which way
1: would you lean there? The oh, I'm going to take Georgia. Remember, Dogs HQ is uh, listening. Dogs HQ, yeah. <laughs> I, it's a business decision here. I'm going to take Georgia, and the reason I'm going to take Georgia is because I still feel like they're elite in the right positions, and that's offensive line and defensive line. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of teams with great players, a lot of teams. Ohio State's loaded. Alabama, you know, it's going to be about quarterback play at Alabama. But when you look at these teams in person, everybody wants to see what Texas can do. And USC is going to have the number one pick. But you look at USC, and when I watched that Utah game, and they got they got they got steamrolled mm-hmm. up front. Yeah. You know what I mean? So somebody is going to have to out physical Georgia to beat them. And I don't know right now that there's a team that can do that, but certainly. The odds of Georgia winning it three in a row is not great. It's just something happens, like you said, upset here and there. Mm -hmm. They had some points last year where they almost lost. Ohio State was probably the game of the year, you know, and look how that happened. Came down to a kick. Came out last kick. So they're not head and shoulders above the field, but somebody is just going to have to out-physical Georgia. I'm not sure right now that I would take that bet.
0: Mm-hmm so, well thank you so much for coming man, in awesome. before thank you me. go can you obviously everyone knows where to find you but yeah. can you plug
1: yeah man uh when you go to own three we have a easy drop down screen dogs uh, com is, is where you can go for the georgia stuff uh, we had big news last night tim watts and the alabama crew yeah in speaking of my speaking of my rivals man <laughs> uh, one of my best friends tim watts comes rolling in with his crew and what a great thing there so uh social media uh, twitter obviously is kind of where i've made my hay for, mm-hmm. for information and that's rusty mansell underscore had 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 to change from the old mansell 247 so everybody so everybody's like you're not mansell 247 i was like no I'm, I'm i'm this other dude now so it's rusty mansell underscore there and uh look forward to it man i know uh i know you're probably beaming with um uh, SSC media day is gonna be about two blocks over from right here
0: oh yeah so, oh yeah so Oh, hey, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. One more thing, because I know you love Nashville. Oh man, it's but every Georgia legend they retire in Athens. Yeah. Rusty Manziel. Let's let's hope thirty years down the line, yeah. whenever you hang them yeah. up, you you gonna stay in Georgia or you
1: coming to Nashville? Well, if y'all don't stop growing, I'm gonna have. A, I can't afford anything here. You know, I'm almost like that. You know, every four or five months, I just come. At, Shannon goes sometimes like. I know you are even here. I was like, I don't have to see you every time I'm here. So uh, I just, I love the vibe here. I love, yeah. I love live music. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't love Friday night and Saturday night live music because mm-hmm. you can't move. Right. I like Tuesday night, Wednesday night live music. You know, you can come in and hang out and, um, you know, anytime the office calls or like, hey, we got a Zoom Tuesday. I was like, I can be up there now three and a half. I, I'd much <laughs> rather do it in person, you know? So um, I pro- my, my kind of end game. Mm-hmm. Is some type of water, either beach or lake. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you this: Stacy Searles, who's O line coach mm-hmm. at Georgia, told me this about two years ago. And we, we're girl dads. He and I both have all girls, so we kind of we, we have that. And we're from the same area, and we talk a lot about stuff like that. And he said Mac Brown told him this, and he, he said Mac Brown said uh, Stacy, if you want your grandkids to come around, you got to have some type of water. You better have a pool, <laughs> lake, or beach. Well, Stacy's a different tax brag than I am, so he's already got the lake, you know what I mean? So maybe I'd put the maybe I'd put the above ground pool in or something, but that's kind of my end game is some sort of water. I'm, I got I, you. I like it. I'm like I'm a, I'm a beach or lake guy for sure. Well, you're well on your way to getting there, so Well, I-, I hope so. If anybody wants to join, it's like a dollar right now. I don't even know. Again, like how the hell am I here and people are paying a dollar to even read something I write, you know? But uh, it's great, man. I, I, I really appreciate it you having me and, and again I'm a fan, love what you do and my man, my man, cousin Shane's on the. He's on the. He's on the workout, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's down thirty five pounds. He's man. walking his way to the SEC football I, seat. I'm, I, I couldn't be happier for him. I see it, man. Good. You know he's for real when you see his videos, and he's got the the real sweat ring. It <laughs> what, was right here. And it's about it's about two inches deep. That's a real man oh, sweat. I have to right edit
0: there. these videos because he's he's huffing, he's puffing, he can't breathe, but he's powering yeah. through it.
1: So y'all had me on last year or whatever. We asked him questions and everything, and you know he pulled me aside. Peppers, maybe them Tennessee questions. You know, like, now let's be real. What we got here? I told him last year. I told you last year. I thought Tennessee was getting slept. You know, I was like, look, man, that offense stresses you so much. Mm-hmm. This, we'll talk about this last subject here, but that's a team I'm very interested in because here's it's almost like a Major League Baseball pitcher. If you get a guy that's dominant and you've seen it once,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: try to make that adjustment. So Alabama plays zone and they carved them up. Yep. I knew that night that Georgia wouldn't play in zone. Tennessee might beat them, but they were not going to let those guys free release, and Georgia challenged them. Mm -hmm. So now you start looking at that game in November, and you go, Hyples, okay, this is how Georgia's going to play me. This is what I've got to do. So how does Kirby counteract that, Glenn Schumann? So I still think Tennessee stresses you so much. They go so fast. They spread you out so far. Like Mm -hmm. I've never seen a team go outside the hashes with like trips. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy the formations they put you in. So people but, keep saying it's like facing the option almost. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the numbers so in the unique. Bo- the numbers in the box stress you to death. Like, you got to get pressure. and So I, I think when you look at that, I mean, I'm very interested in how that match up this year. But I still think Tennessee's a team that uh, Joe Milton, obviously, you know, I wouldn't want to put more pressure that's on the kid. But, man, watching Nico throw that thing in that spring game, whew. You're talking about a live arm? Holy. <laughs> so, um, I think Tennessee's a team. Again, it's going to be up front for them. Yeah. Can they Can they get Georgia got physical with them? Mm-hmm. Can they get physical enough to beat a team like that? So, we'll see. That but, game uh, really just came down to Jalen Carter dominating. They got the one-on-one matchups they wanted with him. Yep. So, Matt Godwin told me the other night on the podcast, he said, when well, we played Bama in a national championship, one of our goals was to get Jalen Carter on their center. And we wanted to get that match up 10 or 12 times. And Jalen impacted the game seven or eight times in that game. So you don't really think about stuff like that, but having him on talked about that. So certainly Jalen Carter mismatches sometimes. And that goal line, everybody thinks about the goal line. He goes right through the guard and the running back. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) physical, you know, I'm still pissed off off the Falcons (laughs) without taking him. I mean, nobody's paying to watch him. Play Jeopardy and take a test. Like this dude's a machine. He's yeah. like a football player. <laughs> He's got a lot. You know, Rusty Mansell. Like, get after this dude. Let's go get him. You know, <laughs> I'm on the air in Atlanta and I, I was preaching to the gods. Take him. Take him. <laughs> Uh, but I was happy with Bijan as a i I'll tell you, he's a good player. So oh yeah, oh yeah. Excited about it. So. Well, hey, Rusty,
0: I really appreciate you. I know you got to get man. you got to get yeah, out be on of the here. Road, so man. Uh, I could talk all day, but we, yeah. let's cut this short. And uh, yeah. man, uh, we'll man, see you, you immediately. Oh yeah,
1: I'll be here. Let's stop by. Get this thing rocking then.
0: Yeah.